You're tuned in to The Keetra Show and listening to SOB, Style of Business, the podcast with your host, Keetra. We aim to highlight the ongoing trek of entrepreneurs and business owners from around the globe, featuring stories that recount their struggles, experiences, and inevitable road to success and self-fulfillment. Welcome to SOB. All right, today we have Terrence Takim, who will be joining us on SOB to discuss his newly released film, Touched. He is a author, singer, and he is joining us. And like I said, he'll be going into some of his upcoming projects and giving us insight on some of the projects he's been involved with in the past and all that other good stuff. But anyway, thank you for joining us, Terrence. Give us a little bit of information on your background. Tell us what you're doing, what you've been doing, and we'll go from there. Well, I um, well, a bit, a bit. And just to give you a brief breakdown of what I have done in the past, um, I um, I got a chance to play football really briefly. I got to the NFL and lasted really, it was real brief, <laughs> extremely brief, but injuries ended that really quick. I went from that and got directly into my music, which I was doing the whole time while I was in school. And I uh, put a couple singles out. They did really well. BT was playing my videos and things like that. And I got a chance to be on a few tours with Tico the Bars, Joe, and people like that. And... um from that, I got, a, I got a chance to really do some other things in terms of working with other artists. And uh, I put a few groups out, and we got a couple of group artists signed to Electro Records. We got one artist signed to Cash Money Records. So then we did the Cash Money Tour. Then we did the Cash Money Rough Rider Tour. So I've done a lot of things in the industry. But uh, a few years back, I released a book called Guilty by Reason of Arrest to address the issue of mass incarceration. And uh, re- recently, I released my second book entitled Touched, which addresses the issue of child sexual abuse. An issue that, for whatever reason, people are just running from like they had the plague when it's destroying the lives of so many children who are eventually turned to adults and the cycle just continues to repeat itself. The fact that that is happening in the media and people in this, in this country and around the world are just acting like it's not happening is really, it's so irresponsible. You can't even put a measuring stick on it. So I wanted to do something to uh, shed light on this. So I put the book out. The book did really well. I sold about seven or eight thousand copies on Amazon.com in like the first like month, a month and a half, almost two months, something like that. Oh wow! And then I, I sold an additional like three or four thousand copies uh, just at the events I was that I was attending and things like that that I was speaking at. So I was able to uh, get, uh, garner some success from that. And uh, from that, I said I wanted to keep this message going because I noticed that only a certain amount of people were really would be receptive. So I put the uh, uh, me being a, uh, a musician and recording music, I put a song out also called Touch, and it featured a, a young lady by the name of Troy Loren. She sang on the song with me. And uh, we, we, we shot the video, and we sent the video out, and all these networks, with the, with the exception of VH1 Soul, everybody else was running for the song in the video like they had to play. And then when I realized right then and there, I said, you know what, these people are, are just irresponsible with the subject. They are acting like, they keep using that word taboo when it comes to sexual abuse of children. Right. And I'm like, how the hell can something be taboo when you're talking about destroying the lives of all of these babies. Yeah. And it blew me away to continue to hear that. So what I said to myself, I said, okay, okay, well, the fact that they're VH1 Soul, MTV2, I think, played it once or maybe twice, but VH1 Soul was the only one that played it on a regular basis. So I said I wanted to keep the message going. So I said, I'm going to do this film. Because in the video, I had about three or four familiar faces like Eva Pigford from Next Top Model, uh, Mama Jones, uh, Ramona Rizzo, and the guy Chad Shepard from uh, the TV show Seventh Heaven and the Temptations movie. So, but I said, I, I said, I need to do, do a film. I need to do a film about this topic, topic, but I can't use unknown actors. So between my partner and I and several other people from the nonprofit that we stand up for, we partnered on it and we were able to come up with the money 
to uh, do the film ourselves. So we reached out to all these well-known actors. And at, to date, we have about 18 well-known names and faces in the, in the film. And But I knew that I couldn't do it the way I did the song, because the song, hearing those words and watching those images, was, I guess, was, was just too impactful. So I had to water it down a little bit. So when you watch this film, the film actually shows you, it depicts how people who were abused as children were able to move forward and overcome. So what I did, I showed how each individual were able to use something different to get past what had happened to the women and the children. So that's kind of how I did the film, because I needed to make it more palatable and to make it more digestible to people, but also be able to get the message out there. Exactly. Yeah. And I know that the film is actually, there's four individual stories that kind of show up uh, yeah. throughout the film. Yeah. The film is made up of four short, short, short stories ranging from 20, I think like 20, 22 minutes to as much as 30, I think 38 minutes. So altogether, the film itself as a whole is about an hour and 48 minutes long, hour and 50 minutes long, something like that. But when you break it down, each story has their own time limit, the four-part miniseries. Because I'm, uh, the networks, two of the networks I'm talking to right now, I'm talking to them for it as a uh, four-part miniseries and possibly as an eight-part, which means we have to film four more stories similar to the four that we have done for the film. So, yeah, that's what it is. It breaks down into four parts and, and it goes into each story. Into each story. But each story, if you if you watch each story, like the first story is called A Search for Closure, within that story there's several stories inside each story. Right. So there's actually, when you really get down to it, I, I haven't really counted, but it may be about 17 or 18 different scenarios, different people being abused within each of these four stories. Within each of these four stories. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and... and were you, I guess, like when you were, after the book was released and you were kind of trying to figure out, okay, well, I think we need to take this to film. Were you concerned at all, you know, about the the general reaction that th- this type of film would have? Because like you were saying, it is it's definitely a taboo subject. People are, I guess, not really open to discuss it, you know, as, as much as we think they should be. But were you concerned at all about, you know, the reactions or the the feedback and or any negativity that you, you know, may have received for putting something like this together? Well, no, it, I mean, I mean, I haven't really got any negativity about it. It's just that people are just running from it because because what I've learned, and this is probably the reality of it, a lot of people, when people give you an extremely adverse reaction to a subject like this, mm-hmm. and, they're in the, and they're in the media or they're in a position to show it or help get the message out, when they give you an adverse reaction to it, that really, to be honest with you, is, is a telltale sign that these people have are probably predators themselves or or for whatever reason, don't want this message to be out when somebody gives you like a straight adverse reaction to it. But I wasn't concerned because about that because what the media and everybody fails to realize is that there's a there's a huge built-in audience for this yeah. particular topic because you talk about in the United States alone, 70 million people and counting have come forward on it. You know what I'm saying? And those are just the ones that have come forward. So you're probably looking more like over 100 million people in the United States alone. And worldwide, we're talking about just over a billion abuse survivors of, of this and counting. Yeah. So, you know, because it's, it, it's going on like every, like, I think like every 10 seconds or every 20 seconds of that, somebody's being sexually abused. Oh, wow. So it's, it's uh, I mean, you're talking about, an, you're talking about an epidemic with like a, an absolute pandemic of what's happening. So you have a built-in audience. So that's the part I've never really understood about the media being so irresponsible because you have a, if, they, if, if they're in it, was they're in it for money, if they're in it for money, like they say they are, you have a built-in audience of, a, of people who are going to gravitate towards whatever network or your TV, a, a news station or something, because that topic has so many abuse survivors. So you would think from an economic standpoint, they would say, okay, wow, we, there's a built-in audience, but they're, but, they're, but they're doing it for so many other reasons other than 
it being taboo. They're doing it probably because, you know, they have a, a stake in not getting that message out. Exactly. Yeah. And I know that you're currently premiering the film in, in different cities across the country. So, I mean, that, I, I believe that that'll definitely help to, you know, kind of open up the discussion because it is a, a universal conversation. Yeah. And, and, and also I noticed like in some of the trailers, you also, you know, kind of highlight how this child abuse not only affects the children, but, you know, the, the parents. And then, you know, obviously right. as the children, as they grow older and things like that. So as far as the film, do you think like, what do you hope that this particular project, you know, what, what are the goals or some of the things that you hope to achieve with this project? I mean, obviously, yeah, you bring the conversation to the forefront and keep yeah. the discussion going, but do you have any other ideas about like where you want to take this project? I know you were talking about, you know, maybe speaking to a couple of television networks and turning it into a larger, a larger platform. Well, yeah, well, I mean, like my goal really is like, I mean, it's about, you know, highlighting people who are suffering, but it's really about prevention. This thing, prevention, okay. you know, this, this like prevention is the bottom line. And it's like, until people start talking about it, it's not going to get prevented. It's not, I mean, it's going to keep going on. And because people have to be made comfortable, they have to be made comfortable to be able to talk about this. They have to be able to uh, uh, discuss it. And the kids are just so terrified to come to their parents because uh, like I show in the film, you have situations where the mother and the father and the people are not even believing the kids when they do come to. Them. Exactly. So, you know, so that's what's going on. You got to really be like, like, I mean, the last couple of screenings, there were a lot of children at them. So my thing is to be able to talk about it so these kids will feel comfortable. Now, like since we've been doing these screenings, I would say like about 50 to maybe 100 people have come out just, just at these screenings. So it's, it, it's doing what I wanted it to do. And it's also two situations have occurred where a one parent finally got the strength after watching the film to come forward and report her brother for molesting her niece. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and another situation where a girl actually came forward and went to the police about her uh, her uncle has been molesting her for about like six years. So this this like I said, this film is 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 doing is already doing what I wanted it to do. It's yeah. already it's already achieving some of the goals I wanted, which is which is really just making people feel comfortable about coming out and talking about it. Because you I mean, because the thing about it, most people don't realize that if this has happened to you until you feel comfortable enough to, to talk about this. It's going to eat you up from the inside out. It's just the bottom line. And so the prevention aspect, but also education, you know. Yeah, it's, it, it's educational. Yeah. Matter of fact, I have, um, we just got contacted by a group of judges in two different cities. It's crazy. In Philly and in Buffalo, these judges are putting together, um, they're getting a location right now for us to do a screening strictly for all the judges, lawyers, and DAs, and, 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 and a group of victims in each of these markets. And they came to me with this. So I was like, wow, it blew me away that because... One of the judges were at, was at the screening here, and he saw it, and he said, listen, every judge and every a lawyer to see this, because it will help them to recognize and to deal with this when victims come to them and when judges see predators and, and victims coming to the courtrooms, that they all need to see this film, because the way you did it is so educational. It was like, I don't think, matter of fact, the judge said, I don't even think you realize how much educational this film really is. And and I did I actually didn't until the judge brought up some things in the film that I didn't I mean I knew I was doing them. I didn't know that they would impact the way they are because every screening people are stepping up to these microphones in the aisles and coming out and telling their own story. And people are seeing the impact of this and they're sort of, and they're like, oh my God, you actually created something that has made people comfortable enough to talk about their abuse in front of a whole audience full of people. Yeah. It's a platform. It's definitely yes. a much needed platform. Yeah. Yeah. So it's uh it's doing more than it's doing more than what I had anticipated, so I'm, that's why I'm. That's why I'm. That's why I just want to keep on doing these screenings because once I do this deal with the TV network, I'm not going to be able to go out and do these screenings like this. You know what I'm saying? So for the next like two, 
three three months, a little bit over three months. I'm going to go. I'm book. We're booking screenings everywhere. We have six more set up now. As of Monday, it'll probably be more like nine or ten. So we're trying. To, I'm trying to book screenings everywhere because the more the more people see this film, the more they're going they're going to leave there, spread the message. Because every time I, every time the screenings are over, I see it all over social media how they're talking about how how they came out and how they what they saw at the film and oh my god, you need to see this film and you need to talk about this to your children. So I'm seeing the impact all over social media of, of uh, what's happening after they see the film. Right. Yeah. And, and tell us, like, which which uh, cities are you guys lined to go up to next? I know you have a few major cities in line and you're putting an itinerary together. But next we're doing we're doing Orlando at the well, well, Buffalo is next, though. Also, we're doing another. I'm doing another, I'm doing two more screenings in the Philly area. I'm doing one, a partial screening today and a panel discussion. I'm speaking at an event of bringing more awareness to the abuse of children event. Uh, they're going to be looping my trailer, and I'm going to be, and I'm going, and I'm one of the speakers there. And then on uh, Wednesday, the same college that I had my premiere, community college at Philadelphia, that we had a premiere at two and a half weeks ago. Oh, yeah, they actually bring the film back. They're showing it to their whole staff this uh, this coming Wednesday. So that's going, and then I'm doing another screening at a church over in New Jersey next Saturday, next Friday evening. And the Buffalo screening is the week after that. Then we're doing one in Virginia. There's two. There's that's going to be two in Orlando. I'm doing the uh, the uh, Christian Film Festival on April the uh, 30th in in Orlando, and I'm also doing a screening down there at the uh, Dr. Phillips Arena and Center, a performance center down there on May 1st. And then we're going to double back and we're doing a uh, screening in Charlotte. I'll have the location for that on Monday. And uh, we just got booked to do two more churches as well. One in uh, Delaware and one in New York in uh, Manhattan, uh, just outside of uh, just in, in Manhattan, right right before going to Harlem. So I'm doing one there as well. So we have them, like they're popping up like daily because we're getting invited to do screenings at a few libraries and churches and uh, now more college. Wow. Oh, yeah. And I know you like you, you actually, well, this project was actually a collaboration between yourself and then also We Stand Up Coalition. Yeah. 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 We Stand Up Coalition, they, uh, they, they, they partnered with me on this because they, they actually took my four, took my three issues and uh, built them around their, uh, their nonprofit, which is my four, my four uh, issues that I, that I step up against heavily is mm-hmm. uh mass incarceration, child molestation, and domestic violence. Those are my three, those are my three uh platforms that I really tout really heavy. So they they've actually taken those and built their uh, nonprofit around those. Exactly. Yeah, and I know that you're you know socially active in your community and um you know you do a lot of work with the youth as well. Oh but, yeah. Yeah. But like what as as far as those four particular you know topics or, or areas rather, what drives you? Like what why are you so passionate about those those four in particular. From a domestic violence standpoint, you know, I mean, I mean, I watched my mom, you know, like my mom died when I was ten, but I mean, we used to watch. She had different boys. We used to watch these guys beat, beat my mom all the time, and we, you know, and you know, we were fighting these guys and we were little boys and stuff like that. So that that always stuck in my mind, and it kind of rubbed off on me a little bit because I was in a relationship, and I found myself hitting this hitting this lady, and it uh it just affected me like in a crazy way. And I said to myself, I would never let my. I mean, I saw myself, you know, go acting out what I what I witnessed as a kid, and I said I would never let myself go down that road again. Yeah. And um and it made me it, it made me an advocate against that. Every and that was about what like about twenty something years, like what, like 18, 19, 20 years ago. And since then I've been like a major advocate against that. And uh as as far as the uh, mass incarceration, I mean I got caught up in the system for white collar crime and I and I got treated I got treated like I was a murderer. You yeah. know what I'm saying? <laughs> for white collar crime. <laughs> it's like and and it showed me that the system don't care when you're a minority. The crazy thing about it, the white collar crime that I got caught up in, there was all of these Caucasians are doing the same thing, but none of them got arrested, only the black people. <laughs> it was like, and it, it taught me that the system was really focused on locking up minorities. Yeah. I didn't, 
because I because I had never really experienced like I got I got in trouble a lot when I was younger, but I didn't know that they were really focusing on minorities and getting caught up in that made me realize that. And um, and then with the whole mass, I mean, with the whole child molestation, I went through that foster care system, and I was able to fight it off. The first the, the, the furthest it went with me was like I got fondled by a male when I was ten years old, and I woke up and kicked this guy in his face. And but that image, him touching me on my privacy, you know, when I was ten years old, had stuck in my head all these years. So right. if, if, if that stuck in my head for him touching me like that, imagine what has these people who were actually sexually violated and all kinds. Of, imagine what the images are in their head. Yeah. So, so like that right there made those. That's why those three issues are really personal to me. Exactly. Yeah. It's a it's a personal touch, and I tell you what, that I mean, you know, it it certainly makes a difference when you you know kind of experience those things. I guess you you know have a little bit more passion about talking about them and and, and getting the word out. And I mentioned four, but uh, my mistake. I, it's actually three. It's three. Yeah. Yeah. It's three. It's three. Yeah. And, and tell me, how was it like to work with the 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 cast of characters. I know you worked with some amazing people. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah it's crazy. It was good. It was. I mean, I mean, I mean, some of the people were were cool. Some of these people, man, you know, I would rather not work with them again. But <laughs> you know, I mean, that's what people like. People don't realize that these people, man. Welcome know, to showbiz. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh well, like I said, I've been doing it for a long time, so I already knew. I mean, I you know, yeah, but it was, that's right. I mean, for the most part, like people like Stephen Baldwin. I mean, like Stephen Baldwin, man. I had so much fun because I'm in that scene with him. I had so much fun working with him. I mean, he he. I mean, he was just like he like was helping me with the. Uh, with the whole concept, he you know he was putting in ideas and things like that. Yeah. Same thing. Same thing with Tony Sirico from The Sopranos. He played Paul in The yeah. Sopranos. He did. He. It was powerful really good work scenes. For him. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, the scenes were powerful. All the scenes yeah. were powerful, man. The uh, the the, uh, the scenes with Denise Boutet were really good. You know, she played Why Did I Get Married and, and Meet the Browns and stuff like that. And definitely work with Terry Vaughn was, was a treat. I mean, you know, I mean, people oh, yeah, know her for being her, exactly. Yeah, love my character. Being funny. They know her for being funny, but she. You know, I mean, she really killed it as the therapist, uh, Dr. Uh, Laura Carlton as a therapist she played, and she really did a great job. And Brian, Brian Hooks, everybody know him for being funny in Three Strikes and being on Eve TV show and being in uh, Soul Plane. But this guy, that scene with him with that gun to his head in that bathroom, man, is one of, it's probably one of the most powerful scenes in the film. Yeah. And, uh, but surprisingly, you know who, 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 who's, who's, it's the last story, which is called The Cry for Help with, uh, Mackenzie Phillips. You know, she played herself and Adrian Paul from Highlander and Char Jackson played the abuse victim. But surprisingly, Darlene McCoy, she has a radio show down in Atlanta. She's, she's syndicated in about, I think, like about 18 or 22 different markets on, 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 on Radio 1. Surprisingly, her scene with this little girl is one of the, one of the most heart-touching, one of, one of the most powerful scenes in this film at the end when she talks about her being trafficked, a victim of trafficking as a little girl. It's so powerful, man. Yeah, yeah. And that was the last thing we recorded. If you, and they say the last thing you record usually end up being your best. And I guess they were right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I mean, and that's that's a whole. You know. Well, I tell you what. I mean, it, it's still sexual abuse, but you know, the human trafficking is also, you know, one of the issues that that I, I believe each country is kind of going through. Still a form, like you said, of sexual abuse. But I know that you did highlight that in the in the film, which was good. Yeah. Yeah. I, well, I, t- I touched on I touched on everything I possibly could because I. I want to give everybody something that they can really relate to. Because right. you can't, listen, I don't care. Like you can keep on acting, like the media and everybody in it can keep being irresponsible all they want. At some point, they're going to have to come out of this shell and stop acting like this is like something that for, uh, for somebody else to talk about. Because until the media starts putting it out on blast, it's going to, you're going to continue to have all of these victims. Because yeah. the media is being so, listen, they are being irresponsible on a serious damn level. And it's, un, it's unconscionable that grown 
men and women are acting like something like this is not going on when all these children are being abused and being affected by it and their lives are being destroyed. Because you cannot unring that bell. Once it's, once it's there, you can't undo it. So for you to not do everything in your power as an adult, as a as a person of human descent, unless you're not, which some of these people may not be, too, you know, unless you're willing to do that, you know, this is going to continue, which is why I felt it was part of my mission to go out and do this. And that's why I respect people like, you know, Keon Dooling. Keon, you know, he was in the NBA for 14, 13, 14 seasons, and he's in the he's in the film. And he Keon Dooling was the only person that I can like of of like out, out of all the names, all, all the big name people who didn't charge me a dime to be in this film. Yeah. And because he was so passionate about the issue, and the, you know, but but it taught me that this is just a business, and people could care less about issues and children. But you know, I mean, it's sad, but it's just the reality of it. So, but at least we were able to get them to do the project, whether they charged or not. Just to just to be able to use their likeness to bring that attention to it. So that's why I wanted people in the film who people recognize and idolize or looked up to. Yeah, no, I, I certainly can understand that. And I know that you have like there's a, a few other titles that you have under your belt, you know, in addition to touch. And I know that you, you know, st- strongly stand up against, like you were saying, domestic violence. But you have a those other couple of books. Let me see if I can find a title. And I wanted you to give us an overview of what inspired those. Because I think those were just as equally as important. Well, you mean oh, you mean guilty by reasonable rest? Yeah, yeah, that's the first one that you that you wrote, correct? That's that's the first book. Well, that's not the first. The very first book I wrote was, <laughs> was back in was back in two thousand two thousand one. Uh oh, yeah. that was the very the, the very the very first book I wrote was called uh, uh, More Than One Flavor. It addressed the issue of um, of interracial relationships, and I actually I actually interviewed all of these people and I asked them why they were in interracial relationships. Yeah. And they all gave me all these different reasons, and I put it in the book. And it was crazy because people, <laughs> it's the, the reasons they gave would, matter of fact, I don't even have a copy of that book. <laughs> you know, I, and it's so crazy. I'll have to find some, I, I mean, some people, somebody hit me on the internet the other day and said they have a copy. I said, well, listen, I need a copy of my book because <laughs> I don't even have a copy of that book. But that, that was my very first book. And I sold a lot of copies of that book. It was in the bookstores, and people in the book, they were selling out, and they were selling out like crazy. So uh, at some point, I think I'm going to want to, uh, now that I'm turning my my books into films, I think I might want to do a story on that. Yeah, know? that would be good. Yeah, it would be crazy because it's like the reasons they gave me were like, I mean, it was, you know, it was some of the craziest reasons why people were like dating people other races and stuff like that. And it was, it was so strange. But anyway, that was my first book and that was years ago. And my second one was uh, Guilty by Reason of Arrest, like I said, which is- That's the one, okay. The mass incarceration. And it, it, it really focused on the fact that they're locking up all these people for money. This is not about, this whole mass incarceration thing is, it's not about fixing anyone. It's not about protecting the public. They are just making money off of destroying people's lives. And it is like, it is it is truly remarkable. I mean, it really shows you the, the, the horrible nature of the human being. The human being is just like one of the worst things. I mean, people know it's one of the worst things to set foot on this earth. And, and, and issues like this are showing you why that is the case. Because they have actually found ways to turn people into stock options and money. I mean, the crazy thing about it is that the United States only accounts for twenty five percent of the world's population, for five percent of the world's population, but they account for for over twenty five percent of the incarcerated on the planet. When you think about that, that sounds crazy, but that's just the numbers. You can go look it up yourself. I mean, which means we locking up more people than every other kind of totalitarian country on the on the planet. I mean, they found ways to turn people into making money off of them, and and that's what the whole uh, uh, what I did in there. I broke down the whole five levels of it of what you got to go through to end up in the legal system, which means the bottom line. Is that once you're once you're arrested, you're guilty as far as they're concerned. All that innocent until proven guilty, that's just mm-hmm. that's just that's a joke. I mean, you are guilty once you are arrested as far as the system is concerned. Until proven otherwise. So you gotta saying. find you gotta find a way to prove yourself innocent. 
Like all that innocent until proven guilty, that's that ain't number of phrase. That's just a phrase they came up with to make people feel like it wasn't what it actually is, which is nothing but an oligarchy. And it's uh it's it has been turned into that in every kind of in every kind of way, shape or fashion. And um the fact that that we're just just now realizing that it's mainly focused on the uh communities of color just says a lot about how much we've been we've been paying attention because those are the people who are who are suffering, the communities of color are the ones who are suffering from this news. Yeah, and I tell you what, like as uh I know that you have been kind of working along your entrepreneurial journey for, for years and years on end. Like, I guess what I'm trying to ask is what sort of, I guess, personal experience would be one, because you just mentioned that. But what other things do you feel like has kind of contributed to your personal involvement and, and being able to develop this meaningful line of projects and productions that you've kind of put together? What, when you say that again? As an entrepreneur, what, what skills or what sort of inspirations, let's call them, what sort of inspirations have contributed to you developing your line of projects, these different productions that you have kind of brought forward. Oh, so you mean so? What kind of what kind of inspired me? Yeah, what ins- what inspires you? What what sort of experiences aside from you know the incarcerations and the, the domestic violence have contributed to your success? Well, well, I mean, I mean, for me, I mean, I mean, my inspiration for this is just really because I've been, a, I mean, I've been a taker all my life. And, and, and at some point, you got to stop being a ticker and you got to give back and you got to, you know, I mean, I've just come to the realization that I don't want to leave here knowing that I, you know, that I didn't, that I didn't contribute something. But once you get to a certain age, man, you, you realize that you, you know, you don't want to leave and have your legacy, you know, be that you took all your life. You want to be able to give back. So my inspiration is just really knowing that I'm, that I'm going to leave a, leave a mark with people and just help a lot of people and just really be able to, uh, you know, really be able to have people look back and say, wow, man. When I saw what that guy did, man, it inspired me to do this. It inspired me to do that, and that's like that's my thing right now. Just really, just really, just really doing something that's that's not really about just really about yourself. At some point, you got to start caring about more than just yourself, and that's where I'm yeah. at really right now. Yeah, no, I I certainly agree, and obviously you're doing just that because you were recently honored for Touch at the E3 Magazine Spirit of Excellent Awards in Atlanta. Yeah, that well, yeah. well actually, what happened? You, you know, I was I was down there for that, but you know, they actually canceled. Uh, that's going to be rescheduled, but I'm still going to get the award. They had to cancel that because they had some kind of bomb, some kind of oh no, bomb. yeah, it was crazy. It was it was the craziest thing in the world. It's like it's almost like every time it's like I don't understand. I mean, somebody is really trying to stop me from getting this message out because like the like like the screening that we had the night the night first time we premiered the film in Philly yeah at community at, communi- at community college. I mean, it was so cold. I mean, I listen, I never ever seen a, a day that it was that cold in the, in the, in the years I've been coming. <laughs> To the East Coast, I've never seen. And then it started snowing like crazy, and it wasn't even on the forecast to snow. But amazingly, there was still like 160-some people that showed up that night. But the thing about it, we sold about 280-something tickets and about had about 20 or 30 walk-ups, which means that almost everybody was, you know, not, they were just, it was just so cold. But only only a couple people asked for their money back, you know, the fact they didn't show up. But most of the people saying, listen, man, I'm not going to be, I, listen, I'm, I, I supported it. Um, I bought my tickets, but I can't come. This is so cold. But and then the other day when we did the other screening uh, at the church, at a smaller church in Philly, it was like they had tornado warnings. It's like I'm like, oh wow, I'm like tornado warnings. It's crazy. It's like every time we go when we screen it, it's always something. And then we get down to Atlanta for the award, and they as a bomb threat, they had to cancel the. Uh, <laughs> What's going it's, on? It's like crazy, you know. What I'm but I mean, but these last couple of uh, situations, man, I know it's a uh, it's it's by chance, but you know. Like when you think about this issue, you know, nothing's going to stop me from getting this message out. 
You know, yeah. nothing's going to stop me from having these screenings. And people actually came to the other screening the other night, even though it was tornado warnings and, and the wind was almost blowing the cars over. I mean, it's something that's really just, I'm just too passionate about to let something deter me. And like to answer your question, I mean, I'm just motivated by uh, just knowing that it's not just about me. It's about other people. And just really, I want people to just look at what I'm doing and just and just, just look at look at it as though he's doing something for other people. And maybe I should start thinking that way as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and like you said, you know, it, the, the the film has actually been another vehicle for allowing people to come in and discuss and open about open up about such a serious uh, topic. So that's and been. I, no, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh no, and I'm just like I'm just happy to to be able to say that I'm doing something that's affecting other people in such a in such a positive and uplifting way. Just getting them out of a situation that they they because all those people who've been abused, they're just looking for something. They're looking for something to to, to know that they're not in this by themselves. They're like they are. I mean, they are, are are like struggling to find anything they can latch onto, and all of those victims are even the ones that won't admit it once they see the film. Because there's there's been men coming out like my like my buddy Chuck, who's actually in the film. He's a cop. He's a, he's been a cop for twenty some years. I mean, he came out as a result of this at the screening the other night, and he was in a scene where I let him add to some of the scene, and I and I thought he was just coming off the top of his head, but he he told the story that that. That he was actually kidnapped as a as a as a child and such a molested at, at, at seven eight years old, and I didn't know that he came out at the at the screening that we did at community college and uh, uh, several other women came out as well and told their own stories. So every time we do the screening, they come out and and they talk about how much better it feels for them to get that off of the off of their chest. It's like a re, it's like a release, like you just released your life back into survival. Exactly. Yeah, and I know that you we were talking about some of your other upcoming projects. But tell me about, we were talking about the cast members and, and the people that you recruited to be a part of Touched. Who would you most like to work with? Who's your favorite filmmaker? Or uh, even with this next production that you're, that you're working on, on domestic violence, who comes to mind? Which, 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 film, which actors come to mind? Well, I've already, it hasn't been linked anything yet, but we've already got the uh, verbal agreement. We'll have the uh, actual written agreement from Danny Glover the next like next week or two. So uh, Danny Glover is somebody that I'm going to be working with because we sent him both of those scripts. He loved the one on mass incarceration and the one on domestic violence. So we really only know which one we're going to shoot just yet. But we know we're going to start filming sometime in like late July, early August. But I would, I mean, there's several people I would, there's several actors I mean, I would want to work in the industry. I definitely want to work with uh, somebody like uh, Sidney Forty. I would, I would oh, legendary. Yeah, legendary people. Like, I would love to work with Cicely Tyson. I would love to work with who else? But uh, I mean, I mean, of course, they, I mean, anybody's going, going to work with Denzel. I would really uh, like to work with some of these uh, some of these uh, other activists, activist filmmakers, you know, such as well, um, F. Gary Gray. He does these films where he always because my film company is called Diamond Mind Media, but our other company is called uh, the, the RSO, Real Stories Only, because I, I only want to tell real stories. Right. Okay. But sometime in 2000, I'm going to work on a couple of projects in 2016. But in 2000, by 2017, I want to start telling my life story. I wrote the script already. It's called um, "To Be with My Father." It's a story about my life. Uh, you know how I was, uh, how I hit the road as a, as a as a little boy trying to find my dad. And some of it was in, some of it is, is embellished, but for the most part, it's about my life. I think it's gonna. I'm gonna. I, I only want to have powerful actors in that film. By that time, I want to have at least a $10 million to maybe $20 million budget to do that film because I want to do it on a major, major scale. And uh, I want to do it with all actors who I know can deliver these parts. Yeah, that sounds exciting. I, I'd love to mm-hmm. see that. Oh, yeah, most definitely. Yeah, well, well, I mean, like people like yourself who I've, who I've met along the way are people who I'm going to invite to things in terms of to cover it from a, from a, from a, from a top, from a, from a bottom-up kind of level. 
and a top-down kind of level. So once I'm starting to record that, like you're one of my associates on, on social media, so you're going to know ahead of time when I'm working on the one and the locations I'm filming at. I'm probably going to film a lot of it down in Texas as well. Oh, excellent. Now you're talking. Come on down for that, <laughs> for that Southern charm territory. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for, for being a guest. We're getting ready to wrap up, but let me give you a moment to, um, if you want to give us, you know, your website, social yeah. media, let us know where we can find you, any upcoming event dates and all that other good uh, stuff. Well, you know, I'm on everything. It's Terrence Takim on everything. And the Takim is called T-Y-K-E-E-M. Terrence is T-E-R-R-A-N-C-E. I'm, I'm on everything. Um, Facebook, uh, Instagram, under those names. I'm on uh, Twitter under T, Takim, the letter T, uh, T-Y-K-E-E-M on Twitter. And you can also, if you have any class, listen to me, if you have any concepts that you want to present to me, any ideas, you can always send it to our company email, which is D as in David, mind, M-I-N-E, D-Mind Media, dmindmedia at gmail.com. You can send me any ideas, any concepts you, that you may have. If you want me to speak at any events or you want to invite us out to do a screening at your church, at your library, at your schools, send a request to that same email, D as in David, M-I-N-E, mind, media at gmail.com and like I told like I told Terry we, we're uh, we're looking to show this film everywhere because as more people see it the more people uh, feel comfortable to come out and talk about their own situation and uh, I'm just available to just talk about this subject and some of my other stuff some of my other pro- projects in the past which is the Abduction by Reasonable Rest and Mass Incarceration if you just invite us out we'll like we'll 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 make sure that we address these issues in a way where people can palatable where they're palatable people can digest them and utilize them in their own kind of way so and just thank you for having me on, Kateria, and uh, looking forward to uh, meeting you in person when I get down there in Texas. Hey, sounds good. Sounds good, Terrence. Thank you so much as well, and you enjoy the rest of your day. We look forward you to too. keeping up with your projects. Oh, most definitely. All right, talk to you soon. All right, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for hanging out with us here on SOB. We hope this episode has been resourceful. If you'd like to check out the latest articles or follow Keetra's website updates, just log on to Keetra.com or follow her on Twitter at K-E-E-T-R-I-A.